People have asked me, what is a sabbatical? Well, a sabbatical is not a family vacation. A sabbatical was something that I just came off of. I was on for six weeks thanking, I thank uh, the, my board for, for granting me that, that, that time. It's not a family vacation. It's a time, uh, it was a time for me to get rest and refreshing, not work. And it only took me about five of the six weeks to get to a point where I could actually do that and not work. It was a time to be ministered to from the Lord instead of ministering for the Lord or ministering through me to others for the Lord. And so that was what the sabbatical was mainly about. And with that said, I went to some baseball games and I posted some of those pictures from around uh, the places that I went. And uh, if you're interested in that, I wrote a little post on Facebook the other day on that. Uh, it's about my dad. I went to this beautiful beach in Fort Lauderdale thanks to the generosity of a family in our church who came up and slapped some money in my hand and said, go do something fun. And I thought, I will. And I went to look. It was too late in the game to plan a trip to big sky country and I knew I didn't have quite enough to get to Jerusalem. So I was kind of like, what am I going to do? And my kids were like, my, my daughter Savannah and son-in-law Mason had just come back from Fort Lauderdale. And I've been to Fort Lauderdale once, but only as in a singing group back in my college days and we just popped through and never got to see anything. Um, so anyway, uh, I, they were like, dad, it's great down there. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. There's waves, but they're real calm and you know, it's fun and you can just, uh. so long story short, I planned a trip to Fort Lauderdale and, and went to Fort Lauderdale and, and got refreshed and, and all that. And, uh, and so during my sabbatical, I have had some tremendous ministry into my life um, from, uh, from the Holy Spirit and uh, also from Holy Ghost filled. How many of you know people that, you know, are, know, know the Holy Spirit and walk in spirit, but then there's those, the, 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 then there's the Holy Ghost people. You know, I, I mean, I know, you know what I'm talking about, any, any old, there's Holy Spirit, and then there's Holy Ghost people. You know what I mean? I've, I've met some Holy Ghost people and some Jesus-loving people uh, who really ministered to me over the past uh, six weeks, and I just thank the Lord for that. Anyway, so I plan this trip. I get to Fort Lauderdale, unbeknownst to me, before planning and getting there. When I get there, 25-mile-an-hour sustained wind gusts all week long, all week long, and rip current warnings from Miami to north of Fort Lauderdale. And when you look on, uh, when I looked on the Weather Channel site, Fort Lauderdale Beach, this big red flag is blinking like it's Gilligan Island cruise, man. It's like that. So, um, and actually there, it's beautiful. I just would like to, I'd leave my place just to go out and look at the beach and the ocean and the skies, brilliant blue and blue water and majestic clouds, gloriously sugar white sand and a riptide warning. I want to talk about that this morning. But first I ask you a question. Who among us in this room, who among us watching, has not experienced the most tumultuous turbulence of riptide-like conditions over the past year? Raise your hand if over the past year you just had smooth as sailing, man, right? Nobody. Do you know anybody? I don't even know a preacher or a preacher's wife. I don't know a missionary around the world. I don't know anybody in my life circle 
who who does not describe the last year as some level of hell on earth. No one goes through this life without battle scars. Although those who are completely belonging to Jesus never go through any of them alone. Because great is the faithfulness and loving kindness of the Lord. And I, what I just said, deserves full acceptance from the church. This is a message that I would call, that came to me as a word of wisdom from God, from the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, this message you're hearing today is from a watchman. One who is in there with you right now, my friends. I'm not better than anybody else. I'm not closer to God than anyone else. And I don't claim to be a seer or a prophet or nothing. All I wanted to be was power forward to the Boston Celtics when I was a kid. That's all I wanted to be. But by the grace of God and the mercy of God, he has me in a spiritual office as an under-shepherd of the shepherd for reasons known only to him and for purposes beyond right now. For now and for years beyond this, beyond next year and years to come. And sometimes just because you're in that office and you're called and you've been elected by him to do something and be something in spite of all the stuff about you that he wants to work in and not get rid of and sometimes get rid of other parts, all because of that, sometimes because you're in that position, he gives you stuff that he doesn't give others because you have a responsibility they don't. And that responsibility that I have is to, is, is to follow in a calling to lead you and feed you, to guard you and defend you under his watchful eye and his word. And I'm going to do that by the grace and mercy of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, until the last arrow is thrown at me from the enemy. And we're going to win in Jesus' name. So, I have to tell you about the riptide in a minute. But before I do that, I want to set a biblical foundation about turbulent waters mentioned in the Bible. So here are two passages, words from the word describing turbulent waters. One comes from Daniel chapter seven. If you're familiar with that book in this passage, Daniel has had a dream and an angel uh, interprets it to him and he sees this great sea and these beasts coming out, which, uh, and, and this message is not about that and I can't un pack all that. But the, the short interpretation is he's seeing the, the day of the Lord uh, that crosses over all of time and the, and the beast kingdoms that rise up that, that move the world like a woman uh, uh, birthing something through the birth canal of times of God. And that's what's happening. And these beasts, as it says, I, Daniel, was looking in my vision by night and behold, the four winds of heaven, that's the power of the spirit of God, stirring up the great sea. See. see the imagery there, the turbulent sea, but God's on top of that. And four great beasts were coming up from the sea, different from one another, and they were all ungodly kingdoms. But God, the sovereign, was going to work through them to strategically place the world in a place, and even at one place where Cornelius, a Roman centurion, is ready to receive Messiah. Isn't that great to know that God's in control? 
The next one comes from Luke 21. It's in the, the, the Olivet Discourse when Jesus has been asked, what are the signs of your coming in the end of the age? And Jesus in that unpacking of that idea says, there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars and on the earth dismay among the nations. In perplexity, I mean, I'm not saying that he's only talking about what we went through this past year, but, but this past year was a reminder of how the world is going to continue to become as we get closer to the coming of Jesus, right? Look at this. In perplexity at the roaring sea and the waves. This is Jesus saying, men and women fainting from fear and the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the sign of the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these things begin to take place, stop going to church. No, straighten up. Look at your neighbor and say, straighten up. And I just have to say, I'm looking over here at my brother Chip, and he dressed nice today. Did you see it? I, I just, man, right? Eric, did you notice that? Chip has got it going on, man, today. So anyway, um, I'll get back polished a little bit more after a couple of weeks, but I'm, I'm still sort of working my way back in. But when you see these things straighten up, lift up your heads, that's get encouraged, because your redemption, not theirs, but your redemption is drawing near. I looked up uh, things about riptides and rip currents and the, the National Oceanic Association says this, because rip currents move perpendicular to shore and can be very strong, beach swimmers need to be careful. A person caught in a rip can be swept away from shore very quickly. Average deaths of people getting caught in a riptide, rip current, a hundred people a year. Now, Josh, before we go to the next slide, or, or Jordan, whoever's up there, I can't see, but hold with me right here. I just want to tell you something. Jesus said that wisdom is proved right by the fruit that comes after the wise word is spoken. Or a person that claims to be walking with God, you'll see by the fruit or by the children they bear, okay? This is a word of wisdom. God has given me rare times like this in my life. Before I ever walked through the doors on Warrior Drive, Crescent Town Assembly of God, that became Lighthouse of Hope before we moved here, and there was hardly just a handful of people there. Um, before I went in there, the Lord spoke to my heart, showed me a dream that I would pastor a church where I saw these little kids in a street, out in a street, and it was like they were dancing with joy, uncontrollable joy, drenched in a rainstorm. And the Lord said, you're going to pastor a church where little kids are going to be drenched in Holy Spirit rain. And when I walked into that church, there weren't even any little kids. We are seeing some of that. More than some. How many of you, come on now, how many of you are thankful we have a, the Lord's blessed with a great kids ministry? Would somebody say amen to that? Years later, uh, he showed me, I was at Catalyst uh, Atlanta by myself, and the Lord spoke to my heart through a pastor, a preacher, I think it was Craig Greshel that time, 
And it really wasn't what he was saying. He was talking about reaching generations. And the Lord began to really stir my heart about reaching generations beyond ours. ours. And, he, and he spoke to my heart and said, go young. Go home. Challenge the leaders that we're going to go young. And what does go young mean? To say to a young generation that your church is not tomorrow. Your church is now. And the church is yours now. And prove it to them verbally, but visually, and invest in them. And you know what? Our church turned the corner into the next thing I'm going to say about pivoting. When the leaders were in agreement with the word of the Holy Spirit on that, and that's when God really began to break through some things and take us somewhere else. Wisdom's proved right by the fruit it bears. And mind you, when that happened, the guy that just led worship and the guy that leads worship and another, they were in high school. He told me, years ago that Tim when you see 400 people on the horizon that will be your sign for me to pivot in leadership and, and, and position yourself in a different way so that others can come up under and beyond you Mark Rose and I how many of you miss Mark Rose Mark I'm glad you're watching today so and I'll just tell you this while I'm, while I'm out in the water here when I stood there when Mark had passed on, crying at his bedside at University of Maryland Hospital, God knows, I felt him stand next to me and put his arm around me and whisper, let's go home and finish the job. <laughs> we had some confirmations before he got sick, early morning prayer meetings out here about that 400 number. I said all that to say this. Starting in March of 2021, the Lord gave me a word. A word from the Lord about the times in which we live right now. Condense it to this phrase. As I stood on the shore by the Lord, I felt him watching the water. This began to come to my eyes in the first week of March 2021. And in this picture of him, I didn't hear his voice, but I saw the way he was standing and looking in that water and the sight of it spoke volumes of what he was saying. I was on a shore of a lake, not sure what lake, but I'm assuming it was the Galilee. I've never been to Israel, but I'm assuming that's where it was. The skies were bluer than blue. The, the clouds were gloriously white. If you just looked at the sky and the sunshine, you would go, wow, what a place I'd like to be. This, this place is awesome. But if you looked at the water of the lake, it was freaky scary. It was murky and dark blue gray. I can't describe how scary it looked, but all you could think about looking at it was you wouldn't want any part of it. You wouldn't want to be in it. And that water represents the masses of people that are in it right now. But they need to decide to get out of it. And I know for a fact that the people who are in that water did not intend to get in it. They did not intend to get in it. Here's what happened. The world went nuts in the past couple years. The world went nuts beyond nuts. The world's always nuts, but the world went nuts. And our world went nuts. 
and in that vision, I'm standing there next to Jesus. I'm not in the water for some reason. I have no idea why I wasn't in the water, except for, I guess for a reason to, for unknown to him. I'm standing next to him, and he's not saying a word, and he's not looking at me, and I'm kind of looking out of the corner of my eye to him, and I can see by the vibe, the way he's looking, he's got great empathy for the people that are in that water they didn't intend to be in, and he is telling me this, stand right beside me and do not move. Stand right beside me and do not move. And he's looking out there, and, and what I hear him saying is that due to the natural consequences of the turbulence of our times, like water, like a, like a sea, like a lake that's churning in danger, Satan sees the moment and released satanic strategies that has created a false sense of safety in the people in the turbulent waters. Creating a false sense of security in the people. How do you know this? I'm just telling you. The same one that told me go young, the same one that told me you'll see the kids dance in the rain, the same one that told me you'll pivot at 400 on the horizon, that one, I'm standing next to him and I'm seeing that water and I'm seeing the glorious sun, glorious sky, and if you didn't look down, you'd think you're where you and if you look out there, I don't want no part of that, and I see his empathetic, sympathetic, merciful, caring shepherd heart in his face, longing for people to respond to him and say this, I want out of this water, help me. So I've had this come to me vividly at least seven times before going to Fort Lauderdale. Before. Never occurring to me the whole time there I'd be in winds like that with glorious skies that I would... I went to that beach every day. I, I had one of those Velcro strap things for my hat. I had that as tight as I could, man. My head was going to pop out just so it wouldn't go flying down the dang uh, boardwalk. But the, it was the glorious beauty. And I wanted to go to a beach. <laughs> Never occurring to me, though, that when I went out in the water, I'd only be able to... I was only out, you could only go 10 yards or 15 yards out. And I promise, you know how sometimes the tide's a little strong and you can feel it shift on your feet? I mean, 15 yards out, it would knock you off your feet. And I did go out to shoulder thing for a minute and came back in, but looked for a moment and did, but... So anyway, about three days in, I'm standing on the beach with my feet in the water. And I mean, just the, coming over your feet, how it does, you know, and you kind of wiggle your toes down in that level. And I'm standing there, and I'm thinking about some of my friends who, who, lately we've been talking a lot about prophecy and the coming of the Lord and all the signs and wonder, all that stuff we're talking. And I was thinking, if they were here right now, I would do something joking that they would all laugh at, because that's the way I do. And I would have stood there and said, uh, I would have quoted John from the book of Revelation, and as I stood on the sand of the seashore, I would have just done that just joking. So I was kind of like thinking that up, but, I, but then as I, as I did that, that thing came back to me. And I felt I was supposed to talk about it the first time I get back in this pulpit. Within minutes of that, this guy, this younger guy, about all his age, walks up to me out of nowhere and asks me this question. Have you ever been caught up in a riptide?
And then before I can answer, he goes, let me tell you, I almost drowned in one a few years ago. I went out, thought I could swim anyway, underestimating its power. They had to swim out to me and save me. I learned my lesson and he pointed to the water and he said, I'll never do that again and walked away. And I'm standing there like, what is happening to me? I remember Tim Skiles standing here, put me under all kind of pressure, saying, we're just believing when he comes back, he's going to have a And I thought, man, I got to go find, I'm just kidding Tim. I got to go find a word now. Yeah. I didn't have to find a word, a word found me. I was on a sabbatical and he, and he was going to give me wells that I didn't dig and food that I didn't cook. Here's some safety measures about rip currents and rip tides. Stay in range of the sound word of your lifeguard. I watched guys, young guys, college guys, you know, guys that sat in front of me drinking beer all day and, you know, they, they took their shot of courage and out to, the river, out to the water they went, get knocked like they were two-year-old little kids until the lifeguard was like, running out with his little red thingy, you know? And off they'd come in. Number one, stay in range of sound word of your lifeguard. Guess who our lifeguard is? We have to be in range of his voice. Not everybody. Do you know what happens to some people when they're starting to walk away from the Lord slowly that they don't even realize that's what they're doing? They just don't come to church as often. And not to church, and, and everybody I know that gets into a backslidden condition always has a good reason why they're not coming to church all the time. Did you ever notice that? Number two, though, swimming alone in turbulent waters is a fool's way. Now, I enjoy body surfing, especially in my younger days at the beach. And as you can tell by my skin tone, anyone can see I was born for the sun and the surf and swimsuit modeling. Listen, man, when I put 50 skin, uh, sunscreen on, I look like I just dipped in vanilla icing, man. And I thought I wasn't too bad at body surfing until this one time. Any of you ever have a one time in the, in, the, in, in the body surfing experience? Well, the one time, uh, you know how, don't, don't you love that feeling? You're, you're swimming with it and you feel that thing, Carl, it catches you and you, and you just go and, you, and you, go, you go all the way in, you know, whether you're using a boogie board or whether you're just uh, using your own body boogie in and you're going in and it's cool and you get up and you're like, ta-da! Well, this wasn't one of those. I hit that, the, the wave took me and I thought, here we go. The next thing, the wave took me and it got a hold of me and flipped me and picked me up and raised me up and dropped me face first into the bottom of the sand and it shook me up so bad after I pulled my bathing suit back up <laughs> and I'm serious it shook me up so bad when I wrecked on it was like when I wrecked on my snow skis off a squirrel cage and I pivoted around a corner and somehow my ski got caught and wedged up and smacked me in the face and shattered my goggles and I've never been on skis since. Swimming alone in turbulent waters is a fool's way. We need to be in the house of God. We need to be in the house of God when God's in the house. And a lot of times when you miss, you don't know that, oh, that's the week, honey, that God's going to miss too. So we're good. 
We need to be connected to spiritual warriors, not just spiritual churchgoers. We need to be connected to people that aren't wimps. We need to be connected to people who have oversight over our life and can speak into our life. We need to have godly men and women like never before around us, surrounding us. Churches always have had their problems, right? Have you ever been in a church that didn't have one? Stay away from it, if so, because you'll bring one. Churches have always had their problems. And if you've ever been in shifting waters in a church and you got offended or got impatient with they're not moving with God thing, or you anointed yourself with the gift of arrogance and wrote off the people and wrote off the church, here's what I want to say to you. I know you're not here, you're out there. I bet you the stink increased as more and more animals got in Noah's Ark. And I bet it was nasty. But when the fountains of the great deep burst, that was the last thing they were concerned about. Get in the ark. Don't swim alone. Get out of the riptide. So last week, the image of Jesus in that dream changed. I saw it again. And I I wrote this down. I told a, a prayer partner who lives in Florida this. I saw the look on the Lord's face in the vision shift. Why? Because some of God's people who know better are either delaying obedience of getting out of the water beyond the time of his forbearance. And now it's getting personal with him and it's an affront to him. Although his love for you is vast beyond the heavens, his passion for his father's plan trumps his patience for you. Who am I preaching to? Am I preaching to you? Who who are you? There are massive, massive shifts that must happen right now in certain people's lives. Preachers' lives. Co-laborers' lives. Spiritual leaders' lives. Who have been given a clear sound that you have to get out of the rip current. In or out. Get it or miss it for a lifetime. You might be saved. You might be saved. And you might be saved up there. But your opportunity for here. This isn't for people that don't know they're left from the right. This is for people who know. And the Holy Spirit is saying, speaking, and you know. And you've leaned on his grace and his patience and his tolerance and his forbearance because you know he's that way. I want to tell you, his image and face is looking different now. And he says, hey, now it's getting personal. Because what you're doing or not doing is affecting my work.
and my father's plan. Man, I can't tell you how clear that is to me right now. I can't even give you the words to describe what I've seen. I wish I was an artist that I could paint this picture. And if I could show you what I could see, we'd have to close the service right now and everyone would be at this altar crying out to Jesus. But let me give you something that might give you an incentive, if nothing else has, to get out of the riptide. It might create an incentive to stay with him on the shore instead of being baited to go out there. It might create in you a renewed passion to shake off the spell of the enemy in this hour and by the kindness of the Lord showing you what he wants to do and he's going to do in our church and he's going to do in the future of the church. Not every church, but in his church coming round the bend that might bring you and I to our senses. I want to tell you another thing I've seen. I'm sorry for saying all that because it sounds like I'm... I can't find my car keys. Do you know where they're at? But I've seen this. I'm going to tell, tell, tell it to you. But before I do that, I want to say two things. Without a vision, people do two things. Number one, they throw off restraint. Without a vision from God, people throw off restraint. People who've walked among the... Listen, here's what I've seen in the past year. I know people even outside of my family circle. I'm talking about people outside. I know people who've walked among the fiery stones of the holiness of God who are losing discernment, who are calling darkness light, who are boldly telling people that they have wise counsel about things they think God's allowing them to do that are completely wrong and not even close to biblical reality. Friend, don't think that's strange. Jesus said, Jesus said, that if those days weren't cut short, even the elect could be deceived. You can hear come from the lips of people you know used to lean their heads on the heart of the Lord. Begin to claim from his lips things that you know. They might look like a lamb, but they're talking like a dragon. Because that's what turbulent waters make you think. Did you ever go out from your beach blanket straight out into the water and just stand there and talk to your pals or whatever and go, I'm gonna go back in and you go back in and your blanket moved. Somebody moved your blanket and the umbrella. No, you moved without knowing it. David said, I began to envy the wicked until I went back in the house of the Lord where I heard the truth about the end of the wicked. Without a vision, people not only throw off restraint, people perish. And I've seen that water. I've seen that water. I've seen that water. Jesus said the waters will get turbulent so that even strong men will have their heart fail. But listen, here's why you get out of the water. I've seen another wave. You got a couple minutes? I've seen the wave of the glory of God coming toward us, toward his churches, toward the little lambs that are in Shine Kids this morning that he's gonna bring to this house. Can I give you a word from the Lord about a coming wave from heaven? I wrote it down, here it is. The reward right now, God wants us to totally surrender. 
The reward for total... The reward for total surrender is, a, here's the reward, it's a massive weight of the majesty of his kingly robe on the houses of worship. Like honey dripping off the roofs of the housetops of people who gather like Cornelius did. My daughter Savannah sent me a, a she said, Dad, I've had this dream a couple times and I, and I didn't want to, I didn't know if I should tell you or not because I don't know if I'm, and she said, uh, and this was when Mark Rose and I were walking through here talk, talking about the pivot at 400. And she said, Dad, I got to tell you, I would, had a dream that I was in a worship service in your church and I looked up and, the, and honey was dripping out of the ceilings of your church. Like the presence of God, so sweet. My kids, my kids are PKs. My kids don't blow smoke up, up the chimney. Like Andy Stanley said, I'd like to, I'll, I'll hire a PK because they'll tell you the truth. They don't get all ghosty and mystical and weird and have, have all post-toasties and no substance. That's how my kid is up there. That's how my, my daughter is. So when she says... Lame in their walk. Gatherers who are lame in their walk. Double vision in sight, even blind. He cares not, for he will grant, grant them sight. There will come a powerful deliverance from dark spirits that have mocked your family, mocked your ministry, mocked your life, and they'll be snapped like a twig just in the presence of the freedom that comes to liberate men and women in faith. What's coming on this new young people of God will be the greatest move toward unity of the church and gathering together that's even been since over 100 years. Nothing to compare to it. Nothing to compare to it. Children right now will walk into a fiery glory of God that will have long been lit for them when they reach their adolescent years. And then... As I was writing this in this part of my sermon, I was listening to a preacher who was in his 80s say this, God is about to parade his glorious church before the watching eyes of the world one last time before the rapture of the church. Hallelujah. An incentive to get out of the riptide. One reason to not make drowning a blessing from God in your eyes Get out of the riptide. The lifeguard is patient, but now it's personal and he knows you know. And he's spoken. And some people are still remaining, staying in stuff that's gonna cause them to disappear. Get up, get out, get in the house. Stand by the Lord and do not move. Wait for the new wave that's coming from his hand. I want to close with God's words from Psalm 93. I love this. Ready? The Lord reigns. Holy Spirit of God move. He clothes, he's clothed with majesty. The Lord has clothed and girded himself with strength. Indeed. The world is firmly established. It will not be moved this is under his sovereign power. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. Look at this. The floods have lifted up, O oh Lord. That's what we're talking about. The floods have lifted up their voice. 
The turbulent currents are speaking deceptive words. The floods lift up their pounding waves. But more than the sounds of many waters and more than the mighty breakers of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Would you stand please? Your testimonies, verse 5, your testimonies are fully confirmed. Wisdom's proved right by the, by the children it bears. Do the track record. Walk with me backwards to here. The hand of God has been there. He's confirmed his word with signs that follow. I wrote this the other day. After Testimony is fully confirmed. Holiness befits your house. That means people who are just totally his. Weakness and all. Crippled and all. Half sight, half blind and all. But you're holy unto the Lord. It's like, God, I'm stuck with you. I'm, I'm not moving. I'm, I, I could be way better than I am. I could be farther along, but I am not moving. Holiness unto the Lord. It will benefit the house forevermore. I wrote this on a Facebook page. As you can see, I've got to buy. I'm having a hard time thinking about it. This is my Wilson. As Tom Hanks had, this is my Wilson, man. I call him Excalibur. And here's what I wrote. I don't worship the Bible. I worship the God of it. But I treasure the Bible, do you? I'm holding on to you for dear life, Excalibur. Having such a hard time knowing I need to buy an exact copy of you all over again. But I'll never let you go because you've never let me go. Even though the entire letter of Hebrews back here is hanging by a thread and I got to tuck Genesis back in. You know, the church needs to tuck Genesis back into the, into the pulpit. Because all the whack job stuff that's going on in the world is because we're not... Read Genesis, it'll straighten you out. We've been to the cave of Adullam together, and it pains me if you don't know what that means. We've walked the Emmaus together over and over, and it pains me if you don't know what that means. Jesus has revealed himself to the eyes of my heart through the breaking of the bread. You've cut me and you've healed me. You've held me and exhorted me to buck up and believe the one who comes out of these passages like striding in majesty from Basra with his garments dipped in blood. I've got that underline in my Bible. Wilson has nothing on you. Nothing. That guy created Wilson while the one who sent you to me created me. When no fire could be crafted by my own hands, I've been warmed and ignited by the hand that penned your words. Against all hope, hope has met me over and over again. Those who trust in the one who breathed you will never be put to shame. I ask you, do you have a Bible or do you have an Excalibur? Do you have an Excalibur, my friend, for the storms? The storm is real, and the war, as Daniel heard from God, has been decreed until the time of the end. But you, as John said, can be strong and overcome if the Word of God lives in you. So, when I had uh, my math teacher at uh, Washington Mill School last period of the day, 
before the bell would ring and the bus guys would leave and all that, he'd look up and say, all right, it's gear packing time at the animal shelter. That's what he thought of us. But I want to say this to you. It's time to the altar, LOH. It's time to come to the altar. Saints and sinners, sinning saints, sinners who God wants to become saints. It's time to come to the altar. It's altar time. Whoever watches on YouTube, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, saints or sinners, altar time. Altar time. You might think you can't get back. Listen, there are some of you who think I can't get back. Can I tell you this? You know this when, Jesus, when the disciples were out in the middle of the ocean, out in the middle of the Galilee and the storms, and they were they thought they're going to drown, and Jesus wasn't in the boat. Read it really close, because as soon as Jesus gets in the boat, it says in the John six account, immediately they're at shore. That's miraculous. Something happened. It doesn't explain it. From they were out in the middle, couldn't get in, couldn't. As soon as he got in the boat, they were at the shore. That's the word of the Lord to somebody. As soon as he's allowed back in your boat, he's the captain. You'll get to shore. His name is majestic and powerful and filled with wow and wonder. Let's get to the altar. Let's get to the altar. Let's get to the altar today. Holy Spirit, I pray for every person that doesn't know Jesus, that they would melt right now under the convicting kindness and mercy and truth and honesty of God. Holy Spirit, I pray for brothers and sisters, men and women, pastors and leaders who are caught in a riptide, caught in a current may they wave it says wave to shore wave to shore he's waiting for you to call for help come to the altar call for help get out of the riptide come back he'll make you stand he'll make you stand come Jesus for brothers and sisters are standing And the waves of the siren of the oceans are calling to come out. Make them stand by you, waiting, waiting on the real wave of God. In Jesus' name, would you come to the altar? Would you find a place and let God's word do its work in you in the name of the Father, the Son, the Spirit, amen.